Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I'm just thrilled to share one of our recent Firebird Book Award winners. She is Susie Williamson, and her book is titled Return of the Mantra, Blood Gift Chronicles Book One, a character-driven, page-turning fantasy adventure. The series encompasses themes of wildlife and the environment, animism, social injustice and exploitation, magic, dragons, LGBT, and being true to oneself. Return of the Mantra evolved into the series Blood Gift Chronicles, and the sequel The Warder was released in March of this year, and Susie is currently working on the third installment of her trilogy, and I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. So welcome to the network, Susie. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here. You know, I saw a picture of your writing partner, Mia, your cat, yes. on your website, and I just thought that was so fun. Yeah, she's been a writer all her life now. <laughs> Um, I think 12. So, um, yeah, she joined me from a kitten. Oh, I love that. I have 13 writing partners, Susie, 13 of them. <laughs> <laughs> this feral mother kept dropping them off on our deck, so uh, oh. I, I kept taking them in. So I finally got her fixed, and now I've got a, I've got a real fun crew. So I'm never alone. Oh, well, they're great company. <laughs> they are. They're awesome. Well, listen, congratulations on the book win. I was excited to hear that. Thank you. Well, now, I know that you moved from the UK to Sudan to South Africa to teach, and it sounds like a lot of your travels actually colored your writing. I'm sure that was the case. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I, I spent uh, four years out in Africa when I was in my 20s, so it is quite some time ago now. Um, <laughs> but I started writing Return of the Mantras, actually, my debut, um, came out in 2018, um, but I started writing it um, probably all the way back in 2006, and I'd just been back from Africa a couple of years when I started writing it, and uh, and the landscapes out there were, were a direct inspiration. Um, so I'd spent uh, a year in the Sudan teaching English as a foreign language in uh, Khartoum and Omdurman in universities, and then from there moved down to South Africa. Um, teaching um, adult literacy in a in a rural township, so very different landscapes to each other, and and yeah, there was just something about the whole experience of being out there that really got into my bones, I think, um, and and I started to put together a story, the return of the mantra, and basing it on the sort of geographical and also a bit of the social and political landscape from both of those two places, uh, which are quite different to each other. And, and the landscape in the book, it's a land of contrast. Mm -hmm. um, so using the sort of the, the sweeping deserts of the Sudan, sort of contrasting with the lush bushlands of South Africa, and, and sort of building up a, a political and, and social landscape as well. So... So yeah, it, it directly influenced it. I mean, it's a work of fiction, it's epic fantasy, so mm -hmm. the world is completely made up, but that inspiration, I think, definitely, definitely comes through. Yes, it, it does. And, and when I also looked at your website, and I'm going to take a little sidestep here because I absolutely have to, your African landscapes and your watercolors, I was so enchanted by them. They somehow remind me of Navajo rugs, sand painting rugs and the Yibachai rugs. Oh, I, I love them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, um, 
I don't, I don't, I don't write about um, that time. I don't write about the people there. I, I kind of feel, in a way, that, that I, I had quite an intimate look of people, and uh, I feel like their stories are their own to tell, really. But I'm kind of left with a lot of um, memories and, and, and thoughts. And for me, my my artwork is a kind of outlet for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, sort of building these landscapes from um, from memory and, and thought and, and thinking back on the, the colours and the colours of the land and the, the ground and the rock and uh, it's a very colourful place. Mm-hmm. So trying to capture that really in, in different landscapes and capture what daily life, that feeling of daily life of, of the women in particular. Well, you did so very, very well and I appreciate how respectful you are of allowing them to tell their own stories. I think that's pretty important yeah. as well. I do. Speaking of stories, then why don't you give us a little peek into the book, Return of the Mantras, just so our listeners have an idea of what it might be about. Well, yes. So um, it's a young adult uh, fantasy. So it's epic fantasy. It's, um, it's a made-up world. And the backdrop to the world is um, the clash of the natural world and its right to exist versus man's destruction of it. Um, so it's set in a land called Shendi, ruled by an autocratic king, and he decimated wildlife when he founded the crystal mines in the mountains. Uh, so ever since the land has suffered drought and the people have been left uh, disconnected from the old ways of their tribal heritage. And it follows the story of a young woman called Sunny, who is faced with the fact that the fate of her homeland depends on her, and she's raised by her mother, Mata, to believe in the old ways of the mantra, which the king has outlawed. And tragedy strikes. She's catapulted on a dangerous journey that takes her through the netherworlds of the mind and beyond. And uh, and so it's kind of her journey of self-discovery and her own identity, her sort of search for justice as she comes to terms with her true heritage and her, and her destiny. Um, so yeah, that like you say, there's themes around wildlife and the environment, and um, and also themes of sort of social justice and, and exploitation, uh, exploitation of the natural world, and also of of people. You had to do a second book and a third book. Did you plan that when you were initially writing it, or or in the process did you think there's more to tell here? I need yeah. I need more. Yeah, I mean, when I first started writing, I didn't. I was just writing this one story. But as the story progressed, um, there's kind of, um, uh, because in writing this story, I sort of developed my own mythology. Um, it's a drought-ridden land, and there are no rains, and it hasn't rained for decades. And so I kind of developed a mythology around why it doesn't rain. And I was sort of thinking about um, the way that different people and different cultures across the world live, and um, in particular, sort of um, outside of the sort of um, monotheistic religions, um, but rather sort of um, praying to nature and, and looking to the natural world, and and thinking about people who literally do do you know perform rain dances, and so different outlooks and different perspectives, and sort of um, drew on that really. And when I think about Return of the Mantra now, it, it feels to me to be like a, a kind of elaborate rain dance. Um, it's a convoluted story about the return of the rains. And so I developed a mythology around that. Um, 
and in doing so kind of opened up all these different threads and so by the time I came to the end of this book there's these background threads that didn't quite um that didn't quite tie up and I started to really see the development and um and so from that came came book two and, and book three and that will be like a, a trilogy of three books that each stand alone but there is a kind of overarching storyline that connects them all. Oh, wow. I'd love to be in your head. It just sounds like there's so much good going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> Very colorful. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So your sequel, The Warder, was just released early this year in March. Yeah. And so the third, how is that coming along? Um, It's coming along. It's, I've, I've got a lot of work to do on it. Um, so it will be... It will be ready when it's ready. I have no idea when that will be right now. Um, I won't. They they won't go until they're ready, until they're they're right. So um, w one thing that's happening as the books progress, so I sort of develop the landscape in the first book, and in the second book, I develop a new land. The world is expanding, mm -hmm. and the the new land has a whole new culture, a whole new people, a whole new mythology. And in book three, again, I develop a whole new land. Uh, there are familiar faces that stay with us throughout, but the world does expand. So um, the, the real key is, I think, just trying to get the layers right, to really layer up these worlds, to, to make them believable and dynamic mm -hmm. and functioning. Um, so, yeah, I, at the moment, I'm just really adding those layers on, onto my third land, which is different again. Yes, to get everything right, to get everything working. I mean, this is fantasy, but within its own own set of rules and own set of logic, it all has to function and work and be believable to do. But yeah, it is kind of, um, you can sort of, I do sometimes wake up with a start at two o'clock in the morning and remember, oh my God, there's a, there's a pothole, a pothole and uh, it <laughs> needs fixing because something hasn't quite worked and these things tend to come at the most inopportune moments. <laughs> Now, do you write full-time, or do you, do you have another job that you've got to try to fit this into? Um, I Not at the moment. So I, I've, I've written about uh, around other jobs for many years, but at the moment now I'm, I'm based at home, and I'm writing and painting and um, and doing a whole load of stuff around that. Um, I do also do uh, a lot of um, sort of work with community groups as well, so I sort of I delve outside and... Um, I like working with community groups, mm -hmm. things that make make the community sort of cohesive. Um, and certainly when you experience things like pandemics, I think um, you really realize how important community groups are and, and that sense of belonging. I uh, applaud your lifestyle. I think so many folks who listen to this will, will think, oh my gosh, this sounds like something that would just be perfect and blissful to be able to, you know, stay at home and, and write and be able to come up with these beautiful and wonderful and colorful stories. And as I said, your landscapes and watercolors are just just outstanding. I so encourage everyone to visit your website to check all of that out. So I before we start to wrap up, I want to make sure that we're not missing anything that you wanted to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I would say about um, just generally, um, what I write and, and sort of the motivations for me and the inspirations um, also I suppose just, just come around representation and uh, when I when I started writing I sort of come at it from 
um, sort of really building up the world and, and the land, but also looking at the characters and who they are and what their motivators are and, and what, how they're connected and what their dynamics are. And, and representation of people was, was something that, that, that was really important to me from the beginning. So it, so in the first book, in Return of the Mantra, the main character is a young woman who just happens to fall in love with another woman. And it's not what the story's about, it's just part of her, her backstory. So that sort of coming of age, um, element. So representing different kinds of love. Also, parental love, sisterly love, and friendship between women, unrelated, and representing uh, the way a uh, kind of representation of challenging stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So, also having uh, significant male characters who are also nurturing, who um, display fear as well as courage, and the representation of, of women as a whole. So, there's different storylines for women in the book. Of, um, which doesn't shy away from some of the more gritty elements of life. So there are there are some elements around uh, issues of domestic abuse and, and, and sexual violence, not in a graphic way at all, and actually delivered in quite an empowering way with empowering messages. I just wanted to sort of capture really um, the breadth of, of women and girls' experiences in life uh, without shying away from it and also building on um, the fact that Unlikely heroes can have courage and, and can be the, the centre of the story. So I guess I would just add that, that kind of looking at marginalised groups of people and the representation in particular of, of women and men. Trying to put out into the world some positive messages that people can, can feel affirmed by and, and perhaps empowered by. Oh. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad we didn't miss that bit of conversation because that is that's so extremely important we need something that's um that can empower us and inspire us and feel like we're good and that we're safe to be who it is that we are so thank you for thank you for daring and caring to do this and to write about this thank you yes all right well let's head over to your contact information where can folks find out more about you and purchase your books uh, so I'm published by Stairwell Books, so they have a website and I have an author page on their website. My books are also all available uh, on Amazon and Book Depository, uh, Waterstone, WH Smith, uh, various bookshops. I have my blog site, so I write a regular blog and it's just uh, suzywilliamson.blog with links to my, my book on there. And I'm on social media, so I'm on Twitter at sjw underscore writer i also have an author page on facebook so just susie williamson author and and i'm also on instagram at sjw underscore creative all the places you're supposed to be susie williamson (laughs) (laughs) and the book titled return of the mantra blood gift chronicles book one I am so happy that you and I had this opportunity to share some time together and to share you with our listeners. Thank you. Keep writing. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, just bless you for all the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.